Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Stat, the only show beyond the diamond solely dedicated to keeping the game's heartbeat alive. All right, and welcome back to Stat, the only podcast dedicated to keeping the game's heartbeat alive. Last week, uh, we missed a recording last week because I was out of the country in Dubai. And the man I'm joined by today, Mr. Connor Panis, was also in Dubai as a player. I was there as a content creator. So, Connor, thanks so much for joining us, man. When did you get back from Dubai? I got back from Dubai early morning Monday. So um, my flight was on Monday in Dubai, but, you know, with the nine-hour difference going back home to – I'm from Toronto, Canada. Uh, So – you know, the week's been a little interesting trying to get back. I'm, like, passing out at 8 p.m., waking up at 4 a.m. So just – I guess it takes about a week to get back to that time change. Yeah, when I got back – so I got back on uh, Monday morning. I left Dubai Sunday right after the ga- – or Saturday night, shortly following game two. Our flight was at 2.30 a.m. So the game got over. We said our goodbyes to everyone. We literally ran to the airport. One of one of the creators, he made his flight by, you know, Sean, I think. He yeah. made his flight by 15 minutes before the gates closed, which was wow. absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, did you have a direct flight back? I did. So uh, Toronto is, I guess, one of the hubs for Emirates that has direct flight. So uh, that was nice at least. So, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, Connor. So let's walk it back a little bit. How did you first get involved with Baseball United? So first off, huge shout out to Carlos Maribel. He actually, you probably met him there, but he was more behind the scenes, making sure everything ran smoothly. You know, he's in upper management with Baseball United. And I was one of the first players I think approached about two years ago when this whole uh, project started so I've just been so excited to you know finally get it going and the opportunity came and it, it was just an amazing nine days uh, and everything they did but Carlos Maribel was a huge reason why I was there so shout out to him 
So Carlos called you up and was like, hey, Connor, we're starting this brand new league in the middle of the Middle East. What do you think about playing in it? Yep. And I said immediately, yes, 100%. I'm in. I'm like big, you know, especially with my baseball career right now, I'm huge on the travel experiences and seeing the world and playing everywhere I can. So that that was an immediate yes for me. Mm-hmm. So um, two years in the making, what were – what were you doing in those two years to prepare for this? And at any point, Connor, did um, I'm curious about like the level of contact between you and Baseball United during these two years? Yeah, so I, I'm still, you know, I just finished up my eighth professional season of professional baseball. You know, I started with the Blue Jays four and a half years, was with San Diego Padres a bit. I've been lucky enough the last five years to represent team Canada at the national level. So I've done loads of tournaments with them um, representing my country. And then this past year, right before baseball United, I was in the American association where, you know, I put up probably one of the best, uh, best years of my career. So, you know, it only helped that much more getting me to baseball United. So, so uh, you're playing professionally these next two years. Finally, this day comes what was this like for you once you got on that plane um, and f- like it all came to fruition? Like I'm actually going to Dubai right now to play baseball. Uh, I think when it really hit me, obviously you get on the plane, that's when it sort of really hits you. But when I was driving from the airport with the shuttle into downtown Dubai and you just see that skyline, you're like, wow, I'm in the Middle East right now for baseball, for work. And like, this is pretty amazing. And you know, the like I said, the, the ex. I, all my expectations were met with how the week was presented with, you know, our, our dinners we had to media, to the actual stadium itself and the baseball. So um, baseball United did a great job and I'm happy to be a part of it. So walk me through, you get off the plane, you're in Dubai, you're taking the shuttle to the hotel. Once you get to this hotel and we were staying in the same hotel, I believe incredible Sonder in Dubai, absolutely incredible. Certainly the uh, best hotel I've ever stayed at. I don't know about you. You're a player. You might have had better accommodations throughout your career than myself. But what was your initial reaction when you walked into the lobby of that hotel and you see all the Baseball United stuff? And honestly, even the drive from the hotel or from the airport to the hotel, you saw Baseball United stuff all over the streets. It was crazy. Yep. So I was actually the very first player to arrive in Dubai. Um was the very first one because I guess I was one of the few who didn't have a connecting flight. So I got there early. What would it have been? It would have been Sunday morning. Yep. So I got there and, you know, you were just welcomed by all the admin of Baseball United. And, you know, the like you said, the hotel was beautiful. The breakfasts we had in the morning, the setup, the hotel rooms, you know, everything was just, you know, it was big league as the term you would say, right? So. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Connor, let's walk through the week a little bit more. So you get there Monday, you kind of just chill out or you get there Sunday, excuse me, you kind of just chill out. I got there on Monday morning, along with uh, Billy and Jennifer, other content creators on the team. And then we all kind of hung out. They gave us the option to go to the ballpark if we wanted to. We got there around like 1030 at the hotel. And they told us we everyone was leaving the ballpark that day around like 1230. So we yep. didn't end up going just because by the time we got settled in, changed, would get to the ballpark, we'd already be leaving. 
but so that was that honestly that was great just to have that day to kind of adjust like go see dubai go to a restaurant or two and just check the place out before uh the rubber really started hitting the road with everything so fast forward to uh tuesday all the players finally get there all the content creators finally get there and then we're going uh right to the ballpark um actually tuesday was the nighttime practice i believe right yeah which was super cool so connor for you as a player you've seen a million baseball fields across your uh career what was it like for you to step into that stadium and see this cricket pitch uh transformed into a baseball diamond so yeah like you said come monday when we first saw the stadium you know beautiful stadium i mean international cricket stadium there in dubai a lot of seats in that stadium right so to see their first day you know they had most of the field ready and then by the end of the week it looked like a you know caliber mlb baseball stadium with you know the fences up the scoreboards the all the advertisements around the stadium you know it's just amazing how quickly they turned that around um to make it look the way it did and i i just can't wait till next year to see like you know they have more time to get everything in order and i'm sure it will just be even that much better yeah so connor when we all first arrived to the ballpark there was not that much like done yet like you could tell they were just in the process of like trans finally transforming the field putting the lines on uh like putting up the entire outfield fence was when you first saw it was there any hesitation in your brain like oh my god they might not like this might not be ready in time no, just like, you know, getting to know Cash and obviously knowing Carlos and Eddie Diaz and all those, John, you know, all the guys involved in behind the scenes getting it done. You you know how they work and uh, you you trust them, you know. And so it, I, I trusted the process and like, look how the games turned out, you know, and it, they did a really good job with it. Couldn't have been better. So, all right, we go through the practice on Tuesday. Then the next day we have practice. The, I'm saying we. You have practice in the morning. We're going there to cover it. <laughs> maybe uh, you took wings I didn't see, but maybe you did. Yeah, uh, yeah privately for sure. <laughs> so uh, we go to the daytime practice on Wednesday. Hot. Hot as hell. I'll just say it. Hot as hell. I don't know how you guys did it. You guys were actually working out. We were just standing there filming. Unbelievably hot. Um, but how did you adjust, being from Toronto specifically, how did you adjust to that type of heat? And have you ever felt a heat like that before? You know, I may be from Toronto, but I hate the cold. Can't okay. stand Back home right now, it's snowing. It's I hate it. I hate it. On, only good for snow is on Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I play baseball. I, I've been in hotter temperatures, you know, like when I was with the Blue Jays, I played down in Florida with spring training and when high A was there, you know, so I spent a whole summer in, in Florida and that humidity is no joke, right? So honestly, I found that weather to be perfect. It was perfect baseball weather, especially at night, you know, it was, it was really, really nice. So um, I live for that weather. Um, obviously, you know, I, I I'm a sweaty guy, especially when I play. So, like, I'm going to sweat. I go through pairs of batting gloves every game. But it, it was perfect. I love that weather. I, I love Dubai. <laughs> Same. So, Connor, once you um, started taking BP on this field for the first time, you started taking ground balls at first base for the first time, what was your initial reaction to, like, the field conditions, especially as it relates to manning uh, first base? 
Yeah, so I, I majority play outfield, but I also do play first base, so I made sure to take some ground balls there. You know, it, it was interesting only having the dirt um, around the bases. You know, usually when you see that, it's usually turf. So, mm-hmm. I mean, ground balls actually played pretty fair on there. You know, maybe in the outfield there were a few balls that would snake. Um, so you just really had to make sure you looked it in the whole way. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, the the grass was nice. The playing surface was nice. You know, it's – no complaints at all. It, it was really well done, and um, it was it was really nice to play on, you know. And it's just amazing, like you said, like last minute putting up the dugouts, just seeing how that field transformed into an actual baseball field. I think the only thing that was missing on the field was foul pole, foul, foul pole home, mm-hmm. uh, home runs, you know. But the home runs we hit didn't matter anyways because they weren't right down the line. So, right. Uh, yeah, it was even cool to see, you know, the, the cabanas on the field come into play. There's so much space on that field. It reminds you of almost like the Coliseum. Right. Days, right. How much space. I was just hoping, you know, a ball would be around the cabanas close enough where I could run and try to make a play. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, we were all uh, we were all wondering what when the cabanas weren't there that, those first couple of days, we were like, this is a ton. Like, and I mean, a ton more than in the Coliseum, more. um uh, foul ball territory than Coliseum, which was absolutely crazy. But I thought they did a really nice job in terms of like the placement of all those cabanas. And I think it's a really cool and uh, innovative idea to have fans, like basically VIP fans on the field like yeah. that to experience the game. Um, have you ever seen in your travels, Connor, playing baseball, have you ever seen something like that, like accommodations on the field? I personally have seen kind of almost suites next to the dugout, but still not on the actual field itself. I've never seen on the field. Like I've played a lot of places with team Canada where, you know, we've played in Japan. I've played in Korea, like a bunch of South American countries, you know, so it's never anything like that, but I loved it. Like I said, I wanted a ball like to be up against the net and run right through one of them or something. <laughs> make yeah. one of those plays. But I really liked that idea. Um, I'm sure they'll figure out little details like that because you would find like a ball would be sort of in foul ground and I wasn't going to go run and get it. And then like a little girl literally run on the field <laughs> playing to get the yeah. ball. Yeah. Okay. They had to stop play a couple times, I think. Right. That's new. So, um, but it was very unique, very unique. So Connor, maybe you can shed a little bit of light on this from the player's side. One thing that sticks out to me in my mind from one of the first times I got there and we started watching you guys work out is the sound of the ball off the bat in that ballpark. It was, it was one of the loudest and most like memorable sounds I've heard. I don't, I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure if you as a hitter could um, explain that, but it was crazy to me. Hey, I'll take that compliment. That means I'm, you know, I'm swinging really well and the ball's just jumping off the bat, which I'm, I I do think it showed actually during the games. But yeah, no, it's it's always great to just hear the crack of the bat. There's almost like no better sound in the game, right? So just everything with that stadium, um, it, it was really cool. So just hitting BP with all the guys and just hitting some homers, it, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. So you're a well-traveled baseball player, as we've said. Who, uh, Connor, within Baseball United, whether a player, owner, anyone, who was there a moment while you were over there where you were like, holy crap, I'm actually – I'm sharing the field with this guy or, wow, I just met this guy and, like, I, we're all working towards the same goal together. Is there anyone in your mind that, like, stuck out like that? Yeah, I would – you know, like, 
now where I'm at in my baseball career, it almost you almost got to really think how I would have thought 20 years ago when I was a kid seeing these players. You know, now you're like, oh, that, you know, that's just Cano. That's just. But I would say, you know, it really hit me right before the game, for game one. Albert Pools got all the players together, and we just did sort of a little talk, saying, "Hey, like, let's make history." But he led us through a little prayer, and I just had my head bowed, and I was like, "Wow, like, you know, like Albert Pools is, you know, like." <laughs> Look at him. Look at his career, you know. Uh, it was it was just amazing to go through that experience, uh, especially look at the whole co-owners of Baseball United. They're all legends of the game, you know. So I would say playing-wise, Robinson Cano was, you know, he was a leader. He was awesome. He's a co-owner of Baseball United, but he also just was so down-to-earth and approachable. So even Didi Gregorius, like, you know, everyone, Pablo Sandoval, they were all approachable. And that's like kudos to Baseball United because every single player there, all 50 of us, and plus the prospects, were such good people. You know, no one was like sort of uh, standoffish. Everyone was just there to like play the game we love and bring it to the Middle East. So it, that was really cool to see that everyone was united basically. So mm-hmm. so going back to that uh, Pujol story real quick. So you know that area right outside the clubhouse where there's like those seats that uh, sometimes the bullpen guys would hang out in before I the said, game. Yeah. I love- and yeah. Uh, so like the content team, we'd keep our stuff like in, in that back room, like up those stairs, if that makes sense. So yep. a few of us were walking back this was before game one i believe we were walking back to like grab our stuff and we walked in there we saw the entire team huddled around uh basically with pujols in the middle of the circle everyone bowing their heads and then we beelined and we turned around and got right the hell out of there just because we were like holy crap that's insane what's happening there and like even me wasn't even involved in that i just saw it for five seconds and i was like that's absolutely incredible one of the greatest players of all time leading like this diverse group of people who are all working towards the same goal to bring baseball to a completely new region. It was, it was beautiful to see. Um, Was there anything beyond the prayer part, Connor, that stuck out to you that Pujols might've said? Just like, like everyone else, so down to earth and approachable, you know, like I, obviously I didn't get a chance to talk to him a lot because he's a very busy man, but just as soon as I saw him, gave him a, nice firm handshake and said, Hey, like, thank you for everything you've done. Like, I really appreciate this. And, you know, he, he's just a nice guy, you know? So it is just really cool to see, to be around such legends of the game and them accept you as, you know, one of their own. So. Connor, you mentioned the prospects they brought in. So we had a couple of prospects from Uganda, from uh, Sri Lanka, from India. And then I, I know I'm for uh, Pakistan. I know I'm forgetting a couple other ones. But in Europe, what was your experience like with those prospects? And what would you, I'm not sure if maybe you were just, you would just kind of watch them take everything in and like how that made you feel. I can't imagine what they were feeling, honestly, like to come from where they're coming, where baseball isn't even really a thing or exists to be put in that scenario where it's very, you know, it's like a big league setting, especially with the caliber of players there. So they must have just been experience of a lifetime for them but like it was awesome to see and you know every like I said every player was open to talking to them you know like everything so they were just so grateful and one of my favorite moments was actually uh one of the the coaches that brought all those pitchers over there I'm I'm not sure which country it was it was either India or Pakistan I want to say India um 
and they gave him before the game a jersey saying, hey, you're going to be a guest coach, and he broke down crying. And You're talking about my guy Vishnel Khalil. Yep, the yes. pitching coach for the three pitchers from India. Yeah, man, yeah. I saw that as well. It was amazing, you know, like you can't help but tear up because like this guy was so happy and so honored to be there. And it was, it was a really cool experience, but all those guys were so cool. You know, like all of them are, we're all following each other on Instagram now. And it's, it's really cool to just see how all, I think it, what, what, 25, 28 countries were united playing the game we love and trying to grow that game over there. So um, it was really cool to have them there and, you know, they were just so appreciative and even at the end, you know, they, they don't come from a lot. So guys like myself, I, um, a few other guys I saw, we were giving them batting gloves, cleats, stuff like that, that they can bring back home and train with. Cause I'm pretty sure they all trained with the same glove. And then Cano even gave them a brand new glove saying, Hey, like you guys earned this. So they were just very appreciative incredible and talk about the level of talent around all those countries kind of uh akshay mori um one of those pitchers from india he didn't throw off a mound until like two weeks prior to becoming a part of baseball united and he was hitting 92 did you ever get to step in the box against him or anything no i didn't um you know he he honestly looked great it's too unfortunate that you know pablo sandoval decided to do what he wanted to do off him but first pitch too man i was like oh my god you know what it happens i mean yeah part of the uh, game pablo's a great hitter but like you know like he should be honored to be on that mound facing such an established big leaguer right <laughs> yeah, MVP, absolutely. Like, playoff mvp three time World if someone's going to tag you for six runs in one swing, there's a few people worse than Pablo Sandoval, right? But he looked great, man. And who knows what, obviously, with baseball United, but he's young. Who knows what happens with him if he continues to develop? So, mm-hmm. so Connor, in your before we let you go here, actually, no, 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 hold on. Let's go. Let's. I want to bring you back to game two. So you step in. Can't remember if it was your first at bat or your second at bat of the game. You absolutely nailed this homer you crushed it what was what was going through your mind as you were rounding the bases you just hit one of the first home runs ever to be hit in dubai uh when you yeah so it was my second at bat and i guess it was the second home run ever in baseball united history and i i got all of it um you know one of those home runs like you said probably the sound off the bat you you could for sure hear it and your mind just goes blank, especially when rounding those bases. You know, it was something I visualized hoping to do and make a statement um, over there and show the player I can be. So it was just very surreal, you know, getting to the dugout, high-fiving everyone, and then, you know, being mic'd up, uh, talking to Swish after, talking about the home run. So it was it was a very cool moment for me, probably one of the coolest of my baseball career. Have you ever been mic'd up on the field before? What was that experience like for you? Um, not to that extent where, you know, the cameras are so like, it was elite, right? So it, it is pretty funny because I was looking it back and as soon as I was mic'd up, me and Didi had that collision right in no man's land, right? So mm-hmm. I was mic'd up while that was happening. So it was funny to sort of hear back and like what what was being said and stuff like that, but like you, if you couldn't tell on TV, it was so loud there with the bands playing, you know? Oh yeah. So like for him to hear me calling that ball, you just, it's tough. So especially, you know, yeah. So it, it, it was cool just being mic'd up and 
living in the moment. I'm curious. Do you do you think that if you were you mic'd up during any of your at bats or no? No, just just for that inning when I was in left field. Got it. Would you personally, as a batter, find being mic'd up during an at bat distract uh, distracting? Um. Honestly, like it depends just where the mic would be or something like that, how it was, you know, like it was so loud there. I had to have the, my, my hand like this, mm-hmm. I couldn't hear it. So, um, I guess it depends, but I don't think I would really think about it during the AB. Um, yeah. Connor, could you, t- you mentioned the atmosphere in there and how loud it was with the marching bands and stuff like that. And I'm not totally sure people watching at home that were watching these two games could fully grasp like the atmosphere that was actually going on within that ballpark um, on the broadcast. Could you speak a little bit to that and how it made you feel as a player? Yeah, you know, I, I would say baseball's grown over there. You know, it's the first initial step to try to get, look how big cricket is over there. So why, you know? bat and ball sport why can't baseball get just as big so what we probably had five thousand both games in the stands you know um and it was loud i can't imagine when there's twenty thousand. you know so uh it'll be a cool experience but yeah even five thousand, the stadium was electric you know even like think of the fireworks they put on you know before and after the game the national anthems everything was to help grow the game. And I, I, I think we're going in the right direction there. Absolutely. So Connor, before we let you go here in your own words, a little bit, could you describe just what baseball United has meant to you thus far and where you, where you think it's going in the future? Yeah. Baseball United has been such an amazing experience for me because, you know, it, it allows me to expand my career. Um, Going through the minor leagues, it was never easy for me. You know, I was never a prospect. I was always grinding and grinding and grinding. And this has helped me put myself on the map for not baseball United, but to help expand my career. So I'm just so thankful for everything they've done for me. So, Connor, in the years coming, what do you think, in your opinion, Baseball United needs to do in order to continue to grow, continue to be successful, and continue to educate these fans over uh, overseas um, about baseball? I would say just continue to bring people like they have been over there. You know, good, obviously talented baseball players, but good people who, you know, are willing to get themselves out there, you know, be a team guy, like help expand the game, talk to younger players, like help develop, maybe even make a development league over there, stuff like that. I mean, the game's going to grow over there. I think they just have to continue what they're doing and it'll be so big in the next few years. And I'm just honored to be, you know, one of the pioneers to start this off. And I want to continue to be a part of it. You know, I want to play. I feel like I'm in the prime of my career right now. You know, I'm, I'm 30 and I I feel great. So I have a lot of years left and I want to be a part of it. So I'm just, I'm excited to get going. Connor Panis, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your experience with us. Um, And I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Stat, where the game's heartbeat never fades. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. 
two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.